Hey everybody, welcome to Bad Take Sports. Hello. Hey. I'm Blaine. And I'm joined by Dan, Sam, and Lane. I'm back. I had a little hiatus there for uh, some vacation, but we're we're back and ready to um, fight. The NBA has waited just for you. I woke up and chose violence today. (laughs) Uh, I have to ask Sam, because I didn't. Where did you go? Uh, Just a family vacation up to a little dude ranch in the mountains in Utah. Nice, nice, Um, nice. It was nice. I mean, we did ranch activities. And then um, this most recent weekend, um, I'm drawing blanks. Where did I go? All I know is, oh, I went to Bear Lake, and that was also fun. Oh, okay, okay. So two family vacations kind of back-to-back with different sides of the family. Right, right, right. Well, it's good. It's good to have you back. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. All right, so let's uh, dive right in. Uh, We'll start with some sad news first. Yeah, Uh, this just uh, broke this morning. Like an hour and a half before recording? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bill Russell passed away today. The most decorated winner in American sports history um, by the numbers. 11-time NBA champion Bill Russell, Boston Celtic. Uh, You know, I guess these days you have to kind of specify because it's like so far back a lot of us haven't really watched him play. But um, most importantly, he's the guy that, um, sadness aside, is kind of the poster person for all of our rings-based arguments, which is kind of something we were going to get into uh, as we go here throughout the pod. Um, I don't know, any, any other thoughts? Did any of you guys, I guess, first of all, did anybody really see good clips of him playing? Like, I don't, I'm not the guy I who mean, really has much commentary on... There's good material on YouTube uh, for him, but just to quickly go over some of this man's accolades. Uh, first of all, he passed away at the age of 88, and I, I um, according to the release that his family put out, uh, he passed peacefully, and so it was kind of one of those things, like, it was just his time. Um, but to get into some of his accolades here, I mean, we have 11-time NBA champions, the, the most in, of any player in NBA history, uh, five-time NBA Most Valuable Player, uh, 12-time NBA All-Star, he was the All-Star Game MVP in 1963, um, and a three-time All-NBA First Team, eight-time All-NBA Second Team, um, and then uh, one-time All-Defensive First Team, which I found uh, uh, fairly interesting, but I don't think they started doing like the first team second team thing until the late 60s anyway um but yeah this is uh as dan alluded to this is a man who um, is considered to be the greatest of all time by a lot of uh old hoop heads uh that um value that era of basketball very highly um and it kind of brought into it an interesting question of like oh what generation was more skilled like um, old heads would have you believe that the 60s were like the pinnacle of, of basketball because you couldn't carry the ball. You had to dribble it straight up and down. Um, so today's method of like basically would be a carry in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in like 50s and 60s rules. Uh, so not only were the rules different, but the, the strategies and the metagame was also very different. Um, and that's changed in every single generation after. And so I'm of the opinion that great players would be great in any era, um, and Bill Russell's no exception. I think he would be a defensive juggernaut just as much today as he was uh, in the 60s. Well, and the, the, the biggest feeling I get from when I have watched Bill Russell highlights and go back and look at his stats is how much of his impact can't be quantified because either they didn't track it at the mm-hmm. time or there wasn't the same 
level of staring at tape for hours and hours and hours. Right. By by the media, I mean, mm -hmm. to to say clearly this guy has this impact. Yeah, and uh, I mean, according to statistics, like he impacted winning at an all-time level, and obviously that's reflected in the amount of rings he has. Uh, the main knock on Bill Russell was always his scoring numbers. Um, he averaged 15 points for his career, but he also averaged 22 rebounds and four assists. So his impact goes far beyond scoring the basketball. It was scheme-related. Um, the Celtics uh, had an all-time great team around him as well, um, uh, many of which were also in the uh, all-NBA first teams, et cetera. And so um, I think uh, his, his impact can't really be quantified just because the rules are so different and we just don't know um, like what teams were trying to, do, trying to do back then defensively and offensively. It's also another thing I'm... I, and I, I didn't know this until, you know, reading more about the man's life uh, today is, you know, he also received a Presidential Medal of Freedom for mm -hmm. all of his activism work, uh, really starting, you know, during his, his playing career, but continuing for decades after retirement. Um, Absolutely. You know, obviously, as a younger person and who, you know, wasn't alive for all of the, you know, political civil rights uh, kind of turmoil at, during the 50s and 60s and 70s, like... I may not be the best. I cannot speak to the impact he's had on the world, the basketball community, the African American community. Uh, like I can't, I can't comprehend the magnitude of impact he's, you know, had in that sense. Because you know, if you think about it, when you really look at his playing days, it was early '60s. Like there yeah. wasn't what other in Boston black star in, in Boston. Like what other. <laughs> Like I mean, just think how important that would be to have yeah. like the guy with the most rings ever be an African American who played yeah. in Boston. Like just just that alone, at a very basic level, is very. It, it's speak. It must speak to his his own in, internal strength to Absolutely. be able to do that. Like, I think I'd have a hard time playing in front of Boston fans. Not to be glib about it, but I'm, no, I'm white I, I as a sheet. I 100 agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, at, at, at some point, just uh, the intensity can get too much for anybody. Right. And just and just imagining from what you hear kind of how people talked in the 60s and 70s, how even people who weren't intending to be hurtful would just casually say things that are now considered unacceptable. You yeah. Know, it's just... <laughs> 100%. Uh, but yeah, uh, Blair, Lane, did you guys have any thoughts on um, Bill Russell or... or the intergenerational gap of skill or perceived mm. gap of skill. Uh, I, I think, and this is this is an interesting uh, because the the JJ Redick versus Jerry Jerry West thing just happened too. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't hate JJ Redick, I think he's been actually a pretty good voice. Uh, I'm totally on Jerry West's side in that too. Is that uh, and what we've been saying in the generational players are always going to be generational. You know, right. you pick up Hakeem and you drop him today. He's still going to be a great player because he's right. going to know how to make it work. Uh, and and uh, alluding to the J.J. Redick thing, J.J. Redick's uh, take on this um, was that there was a discussion they were having about um, Chris Paul. And an analyst on the on the broadcast said something along the lines of, like, Chris Paul isn't an all-time great. Which is wrong. But then J.J. Redick brought up the point that, well, we consider Bob Cousy to be an all-time great. Um, and then they kind of argued about that. But 
the I, th- I think there was a perceived skill gap between Bob Cousy's era and Chris Paul's era, and uh, that's kind of what the spurred spe- the discussion. The, sp- the specific comment so I was... I don't think J.J. Reddick's, like, anti... Like, no, he's uh, not. Old, it's old He specifically said something along the lines plumbers of... Plumbers and firemen. Yeah, yeah my, 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 my... And then Jerry West was like, well, okay, <laughs> I, I, I want to go see you be a plumber while playing at this level. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah he I, makes I, a good I, point on my, that. My cynical opinion on that is that um, I think J.J. got baited a little bit into Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm on Russo. ESPN and yeah. I need to have like a personality well, tie, and, like well, a no, I, I, I actually disagree it was a direct result of what Mad Dog Russo was kind of pushing and which it, was, was, it was CP3 actually, slander yeah it, it was slander well, yeah, and, and like he played with CP3 for a long time too yeah. so. and so that I think that just kind of made it a little personal and probably yeah. like yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe in the not, heat of the moment yeah, maybe he said he something maybe so how do you guys feel about this I at least think he got baited a little bit yeah 100% because I think on his own podcast, he's really normally very intelligent. Absolutely. And wouldn't make that argument that way. Unless he, he wasn't was like, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause, what cause the fuck? Because I, I Literally think, Russo. Yeah, cause, exactly. Okay, cause my, and I can understand cause that. Because <laughs> I ultimately agree with Koozie, but I think what J.J. Reddick and that side of the argument is kind of trying to say, but they don't say it very well, is that kind of the average athleticism of the depth I think is better. Like I think the absolutely I think the eighth, ninth, and tenth man in today's NBA would probably smoke the eighth, ninth, and tenth guy. Hundred percent. I don't know about. I can't say all, but more mo- the majority of the old squads are back in the so, day. So on that I think note, maybe that could be my own bias. Hot take here. Uh, I think every uh, generation after is better than the generation prior. I, I think I you can say that generally, like so. broadly, like because Dan was saying. Just because there's a lot of information you get. It's, a, to me, from, it's the same pattern as why velocity is increasing in baseball is because it's like the average relief pitcher, even like the 11th guy on a 12-man pitching chart now has like a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Which that, was rare. That, never, that used to back be in the day, one guy yeah. on your entire team through that hard at one point in history. So, yeah, and it's, it's also a result of like the technological advances we've made. Mm-hmm. So much right. more information is They've available all got to personal us. Personal chefs giving them the my dad's meals soccer career died curated, on an ACL. Yeah, exactly. Curated training programs, like they're working at this shit. I mean, every they, day, they do kind of live their day. whole lives hopped up on caffeine and anti-inflammatories, but they're not quite <laughs> as bad and bad for your body as the anti-inflammatories of right. the 80s and, and 90s. And, and there's uh, exceptions as well, but generally, like the modern athlete today is uh, not only better off than athletes were you know 60 years ago but um, they just have more available to them and more to learn from and and, so. and to one of the points I heard you guys make to me right before the podcast is it's like you got to give credit to work ethic on both sides of the argument because the all if you gave everybody a month to adapt to each other's like rule sets, training regimens, whatever, I'm not saying the eighth, ninth, and tenth man of the 1980s couldn't spend an off season expanding their bag, right. changing their body, and coming back and being on the same level. Likewise, the guys from our era, you give them time to watch some film, adapt to hand checking, blah blah blah. I guarantee you they could do a more physical style of play because they're just better bodies. Are you yeah. telling me LeBron wouldn't do right. better in no, a LeBron in a would. in an era that? Look at all the like. Better for a big man. Yeah, like there's we got the guys these days definitely have the bodies to play a more physical style if necessary. They just they just they're incentivized not to. Hundred percent. Any other closing takes on that? Otherwise, uh, we can. uh, 
move on to Sam's Aiden Tate because oh, yes. we all wanted I to mean, hear that. We've been waiting. Yeah, we can we can certainly talk about There's that. Um, last episode, you guys kind of already touched on um, what happened. The Indiana Pacers um, threw an offer sheet at DeAndre Ayton of four four years, one hundred and twenty-two million, I believe. Uh, which is the max offer sheet, and the Pacers actually a fun tidbit about this. They didn't actually expect the Suns to match it. Uh, at the time they made the offer, they were under the full understanding that DeAndre Ayton would be on the Indiana Pacers and uh, he would be part of their plans long term. But then the Suns matched it almost immediately after, and uh, kind of fucked them over a little bit, from what I understand. Because I, I'm, from what I've heard, I believe they're trying to move off Miles Turner. Because uh, they don't, um, I think he has been a bit injury prone, and they maybe uh, don't like that fit long term. But um, yeah, we kind of uh, fucked over Indiana by matching DA's offer sheet. <laughs> but it actually stemmed from uh, Robert Sarver being cheap and right. a little bit of um, like uh, tension in the front office because the Suns didn't want to give him a five year max, which is what he wanted. And so they offered him the same deal. They offered him a four-year max um, initially, and DeAndre Ayton actually declined it, from what I understand. Mm. And so at that point, the Suns were like, okay, we'll see what the market pays you, and we'll match it. And so they intended on matching it from the beginning, but that just wasn't clear to any of the other front offices. Right. That's the that's the take I saw, saw from some Suns fans online, mm-hmm. and then... Furthermore, they were saying, like, doing it this way, they ended up saving, like, 10 mil last year because yeah. they didn't have him on a different deal. Yeah, and uh, because he's, uh, I, I think at this point, um, he's on now on the designated rookie. I, I could be I wrong I thought on that. the, the way may, this played out actually made it so he doesn't. Actually, they may have structured it the opposite way. I'd have to fact check that. But uh, Either way, I don't, I don't know if they're going to trade yeah. for KD anymore. Um, over, and that's another thing I was going to touch on uh, as part of this is ultimately I'm actually very happy with the, with the match. I'm, I'm happy that Aiton's going to be on the team uh, long term. I think uh, Aiton and Booker play uh, really well off of each other. They're perfect complementary pieces. Um, and uh, to a lot of people, this takes the Suns out of the um, Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Um, but I actually disagree with that for a number of reasons. Um, one of which is the Nets were never interested in Aiton in the first place. And then you could counter and say, well, you could have dealt Aiton for other pieces to make a more enticing offer to Brooklyn. Um, but the Nets weren't ever interested in Aiton. And, and furthermore, it was always going to take a third team to get the assets anyway to well, make a trade and, like that. And if I'm not mistaken, they were. It was all. Aiton was gonna. If Aiton was gonna be part of any of those deals, someone was gonna have to sign him and trade him anyway. Which meant the Suns would have ha- probably had to still sign him to that max slot just to deal him away as exactly. part of the salary match for KD. So it kind of didn't matter. Exactly. Like they and, could and still trade for KD doing the same trades that we were all proposing mm-hmm. a month ago, right? And I think Mikhail Bridges is the, the sticking piece point. That, yeah, I think that's the the piece that the Suns aren't willing to give up. That and I the, agree with that. Them. The Nets uh, absolutely want. Uh, rightfully so. He's the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. And he's uh, also the NBA's premier Iron Man right now. Um, he has uh, currently the longest active um, streak of games played among Joe NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh, he hasn't missed a game in college or the NBA Wow! Like thus far. He's Perfect. played in every single game and started in, in the majority of those, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So um, Mikhail Bridges is a huge commodity. 
Um, but I believe that is why the KD talks um, have stalled. Last time I was on the pod, I had a very arrogant uh, and incorrect take that Kevin Durant would be traded to the Suns on July 4th. Uh, after that day came and went, I quickly realized uh, how long this actually would drag out. Um, and I ex- expect that it'll drag out into training camp. Um, the Nets are going to be pressured to do something about it um, before training camp starts, and we still don't know exactly what Kevin Durant's thinking um, to, to as be far f- as like where he wants to go. So I was just going to say, to be fair, you didn't. Uh, the go like I don't think anybody had really fully processed just how much the Gobert trade would like yeah, lock down the. Had exactly. that not happened, I think your prediction would have had a like I, a coin flip chance of being. I think honestly. Gobert like, just inflated the the value of every single uh, big man in the league. Yeah, well, of every anything of every of every max level player. Period. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you could make an argument. The Jazz and Danny Ainge have kind of commanded slash blocked the entire NBA offseason. In fact, I've even heard an argument in passing that like Western Conference GMs are all going to owe Danny a real expensive bottle before keeping Kevin Durant out of the West. <laughs> because it's like, and it could get even oh, worse man. because if if the Jazz flip Mitchell for a similar price or say same price plus yet one more pick, it's right. it's going to get even harder to trade Durant or any of these other players. Rudy like, Gobert shuts down the NBA again. Again, <laughs> poor guy. Well, the fir- well the first time, no sympathy. That was uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and what's what's sad is if you're not a referee, yeah. Rudy Gobert's. A, pretty nice guy yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really deserve all the hate really well rudy or uh, refs aren't people anyways yeah. so <laughs> oh come on oh, that's a, a common take. joke that's a common joke but uh it's i just i i really have, i found it I, it's the only, it's the most fascinating gridlock i think i've ever yeah. seen in any sport because it just it, it just ties into all the cba discussions and all the in the uh, player movement agency to what level should that really be versus you know right. what level of owner of actually running your own business should we allow because i still argue that all these basketball players that love to act like it's some novel concept that it's your own brand and whatever it's like i guarantee you these guys wouldn't put up with this same crap in their own side businesses guarantee it you guys love to talk yourself as these big businessmen but like uh, letting your employees just run amok isn't how you run a business like yeah but like there's no loyalty from the from the owner, and, and we've discussed this yeah. before. But I I do not like that double standard at all. I think it is, it it just doesn't make sense to me that um, owners and teams can just like the Demar Demosen, yeah, or the Blair, thing. or the Blake Griffin thing. Yeah, like they they weren't given any like dignity in that transaction. No. So why should it be gifted the other way? At the end of the day, it's a job. Like, it is, it is, but the the part where I get a little. I guess almost. I, I just it's just you know like my tax revenue goes to pay these teams and my ticket revenue goes to pay the players. So if a player signs a five year contract, like I'm Contracts invested. Contracts are like in, hearts; they're meant to be broken. Yeah, but like even in a <laughs> no, but see they're not though. Most businesses you do have either specific penalties you that you have about? to go Contracts to court are broken for. All the time. They are, but they're also litigated in court like intensely when that happens. And there's usually like stipulations built in for golden parachutes to pay you out or whatever. Right. Well, and most people don't sign a willingly a five year thing and then ask out the second yeah, year but it happens. Like, like, so if if the, the, the thing is, is that these deals aren't always being handled in good faith. By from both sides, exactly, though, and that's the problem. Sides. Is so like as as a player, you you have to defend yourself by assuming that these pe- that the te- that this organization is not going to treat you in good faith. 
uh, if it's but then I then I think both God, then I both, then both sides team. both sides need to honestly grow the hell up in my opinion and accept one and two year deals on both sides. These players need to stop acting entitled to two hundred well, million dollars up front, knowing they can just bail whenever they want. The, the framework exists to where players no. can request trades already. Fair. No, so why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Because what the hell is wrong with Brooklyn that you really need out of? Where are you going? Like how can Kevin Durant not look at this <laughs> situation? So. <laughs> How does Kevin Durant not look at this and be like, okay, any team that trades for me is going to be so gutted, I can't win a chip. It's so brain-dead obvious. There's no the, other way around it. The problem it. is like, KD's not the one who's demanding this much value for him. KD just wants to go to a team that can yeah. contend. That's that's his perspective. But he has to know he's been in the league long enough that no team is going to just accept so the Nets are not gonna, are not obligated to accept right. some pennies on the dollar deal just to please him because he's the one who put and this plan won't. together. I, I, I'm not and the Nets, I'm, the Nets I'm not even a, fronted him a whole year of salary. But you can't full attack, pay so you can't can attack just KD for the fact that he has this he value. He owes them a full free year. I don't care what anyone says because they already gave him a free year up front. So now that your plan is well, finally we're together, about, you're all finally we're healthy, about years and now and you years want to bail. years of like team precedent, and <sighs> now we've gotten to the era of where athletes can actually take control of their own future, and we're in that but, transition right now, and it's going to be tough for I'm a just, lot of people. I'm just saying with great power but comes great responsibility, and when you go to any corporate, any, I don't know, all I know is if I'm offered a five-year contract to go over be an expat in China, I'm very carefully considering... Am I really willing to stick that out all five years? Because you like, I'm just saying if you if you I, if you if you think there's a I chance it might blow up, then, then be willing to go year at a time or two years at a time. Mm-hmm. And I just think so many of these players, they honestly give off the attitude like, "Well, I have to go to a gym twice a day, and my, this is really hard on my knees, so this is the only window I get to do this. So I deserve two hundred million dollars up front." And it's like, "Yeah, but I could also get in a car wreck every time I go to work, and I take that same risk. Do I deserve five years of my salary up front for my job just in case?" Yeah, these no. are different. I, I can. We, yes, are we opening the anti-car? Like, I'm not uh, inherently less important. Uh, than Kevin are Durant. we entering the, the the anti-car? My uh, work to my uh, can of worms because I can get on that. Yeah, uh, cars are absolutely one of the most inefficient, awful things in society. The They're absolutely dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah I agree with all this important. too. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, if it, the value of human life is, is yes, the value of our work and productivity is different, mm-hmm. but to me, relative speaking, my work is as valuable in terms of my own life as Katie's is to his. So the argument that, like, well, it's just really a hard job and I need all this money up front to take care of my body and stuff, like, fine, yeah, but come on, you don't need 200 mil. Like, you doesn't cost yeah, but he, so he like has so why are you you're like it's like it's, it's not like Katie's like the market is paying him. I'm that. just saying, take FMLA if you get hurt. That's what I got to do, you know. Like, Man, you're like punching at these players when it's they, like clearly because, the because, owners because are the ones. Talk, it's like no, the guys who have the 200 no, million. But they don't always. Out. That's the thing. Like you, that's the thing. I get punched down on for yo. You don't count a millionaire's money. Then a principal is a principal, and the millionaire shouldn't count the billionaire's money. It's just that simple to me. And I and I guess because I've run a business for a it's, decade, it's I much see more nuanced sides. than that. But we yeah, can it get is into such as like time. sometimes <laughs> in order to push these owners into luxury tax, you force them to sell off a piece of their business they don't really want to and shouldn't have to because they cool. have assets I, I, elsewhere I, I don't that they shouldn't have to do bit. that it doesn't bother you but it would if you ran you those businesses no the outcome dan neither, <laughs> neither do the nba players they're just being selfish and i just think well, so are the owners everybody should what? operate what in a way team? that is sustainable for the entire system so are you saying that collectively like, collectively the players this. should form form just, together 
um, an organization of some kind and collectively own the league so that they can set the precedents? Sure, if I'd they can okay make that, that happen, yeah. I'd be okay with that. I'm not arguing about capitalistic principles. I'm just saying there Lacks is a way to there is a way to solve this that's more fair for both sides to where it's the, not just well, this horrible. I, I think you're you're, you're getting I upset just, about something that it's been one way for so long to where teams and owners have had all the control for so long, but we didn't hear any of this energy when all of that exploitation was going on. But the second that athletes decide to take their future, no, I, I will, I will give, I will give. What about Dan the has the perspective the of someone who's been like, an uh, MLB fan, well, and, and an there's been like I, tons I, of it. The I get what you're saying because it is frustrating, specifically in the KD case because yeah, he I, still has I'm just so many the years. Is swinging the other way finally, and it's gonna settle somewhere in the middle. Well, that, right, that's my point. Is that to me the the current swing I'm is just, just a little like, too far. I'm just not mad about what's happening right now because I see what's been happening. Also fuck New York. Yeah, exactly. No, no, and I, I see what's been happening for so long before now that this is this is like a breath of fresh air and I yeah. think we'll finally land somewhere in the middle that's fair for both sides. It is. I, I just I just have some pity for the fans because they that's don't yeah, they're right. the that's ones that because ultimately all the players' salaries and all the pl- owner revenue, at least from the NBA side of it, comes from the fans. And so whether you're a Nets fan, a Jazz right. fan, or some of these other teams that are just having all this turmoil, it's like I I like feel like as a jazz fan, for instance, if they trade Donovan Mitchell, I, I didn't ask for this rebuild. I I have no reason to watch them again for what like three to five years. Cool, great. If I'm a Nets fan and I was so excited to see I mean, this crazy project finally get together on the floor, and the final moment it all gets actually healthy enough to do it, it they're not gonna now. They're all gonna bail because Kai. And again, you can say what you want about Kyrie's choices, whatever. But him kind of taking it too far, like in my opinion, he has been kind of a bit of a pretentious drama queen he's cool and smart in some yeah, ways yeah, yeah. but he's also erratic and crazy and kind of ruining it for other people he's making the player agency thing look bad for everybody right. like, i think and i'm not trying to blame every player for that you're right sam i, I i'm not crying over the lost profits for no, billionaires I, I i'm just i just i just am about a principle and if yeah. I, I don't have a stake in any of it technically and if i'm going to go with that route then i guess i shouldn't even be on a podcast talking about sports <laughs> yeah i don't have a i don't have a stake in any of that's, it that's like fair. I, i'm just, but, I just i was just making that point yeah because, no like, and it's fun debate too you yeah. know so it's anyway no i, I get you I all get right you. so what remaining free agents are out there <laughs> yeah right i don't even know yeah, Sam, you're well, probably have, the only a, yeah i have a short list of uh names the, these are just notable uh remaining free agents but um the because uh, as we alluded to earlier the go bear trade pretty much shut down the off season and there's been no traction being made whatsoever um a lot of these names uh are, aren't signed surprisingly um, but starting it off, I mean, you have LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, this is a guy who's going to be chasing rings this offseason, so he's going to want to sign with a contender. Um, he's played 17 years in the league and hasn't seen a ton of playoff success, so that's kind of going to be his motivation, I assume. Same goes for Carmelo Anthony, who is also unsigned as of yet. Um, this is going to be another guy who's going to wait for the KD stuff to go down. Um, before he decides what team he would like to sign with. Um, James Harden got signed by the Sixers. We saw that already. Uh, Montrez Harrell, though, is actually a very mm. uh, interesting one. This yeah. is a guy who was sixth man of the year with the Clippers in uh, 2018, I believe, and he seems to have fallen off. Um, no team has offered him uh, a deal as of yet. 
Um, and he is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 28 years old. So this is a guy who's like in his prime. His numbers, like per minute, as like rate stats, haven't yeah. fallen off that nope. much. Nope. I just his I, productivity hasn't fallen off that I much. I wonder. I guess I don't want to speak it because I don't know. But is it? Does that mean teams think there's some kind of chemistry issues with places um, he's been? So or I don't know. Their size. He is maybe? facing yeah. a. Yeah. He is facing right now a felony drug charge. Oh, um, I forgot about that. From a traffic stop last night, he hasn't been convicted or charged or anything. Mm. Um, Depends but, what drug it was, and I'll hold judgment. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and um, so Speaking that of. that process is ongoing. But that being said, he still will sign to a team this year. Um, and I am actually hoping that it's the Suns. But is we'll there see. is who are the Raiders of the uh, NBA? Who who gets all the bad boys now? Ooh, because uh, put them there, I guess. I don't know. No, there is a team, and I it was on the tip of my tongue. Because it because there's been a few, but I don't think they are anymore. Like I, I the Pistons, I wouldn't say, nor the the Jail Blazers. Those they're long past that. Now yeah. they have. Uh, did I mention his loyalty, Damian Lillard? <laughs> um, it's usually whatever team Patrick Beverly's on. So it was the Clippers okay. for a long time. Wait, so it's the Jazz now? Uh, oh, yeah. God. It could be argued that the Jazz are that team. But uh, We need to sully up. We need a dirty that, upper uh, image. It's fine. That Western Conference Finals Clippers team, it had Rajon Rondo, Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly, DeMarcus Cousins, both of them are, no, one of the Morris twins. can't remember. Or Marcus, I think, was the uh, Morris twin who's also um, uh, a guy who gets a lot of technical fouls. Um, but that team, I would say, is kind of the modern equivalent of uh, like the bad boys, essentially. But the Suns beat them in six. So, so I, I got a quick question here for you, Sam. Mm-hmm. What team would would theoretically give Draymond Green a max contract? What team would oh, actually give him the Warriors? That? Yeah, I think that's yeah, the, the only Warriors. team. But I don't think the Warriors are going to. I don't think um, Draymond wants it. No, he does. No, he, he, he wants does. the max Draymond's contract. Draymond's come out and publicly said that he would switch teams if it um, if another team like offered him the max and the Warriors didn't. Um, but no, I think the Warriors could and I I don't I, I don't see why they shouldn't, honestly, give him a max. This is a guy who's helped you to four championships. Like, I mean he is the the cornerstone has, of the dynasty yeah has he fallen off a bit yeah like his production's fallen off but like i don't know i think you're paying for intangibles now you're paying yeah. for the culture you're paying for the defense uh, it's a bit of a line paying the 32 year old for four or five years until he's 36 or, 37 well, at the end of the day are you gonna get more championships out of it maybe maybe and but i mean he might be I, at that point where yeah, and it, it's a gamble. I for sure. I think to go and it back could turn to the into first a thing we contract, said, but <laughs> I, I think, think for the Warriors like continuity interests, I I think uh, if you play, like just like the Clay contract, should. like you know right after didn't he like tear his uh, uh, both ACLs right before sure. he signed the supermax, yeah. and then they gave him the massive contract because yeah. you know we got to keep this guy here, he's a part of this, and through all those injuries, he didn't play like what two and a half of his. Uh, contract once he signed it two and a half years right so because then he tore his achilles yeah exactly so you know i i could see them giving draymond that kind of money but it's just like i don't man i I think this goes back to not worth a match but i i disagree i disagree i think draymond is kind of like we were talking about with bill russell in that there are things that are intangibly Mm -hmm. great about him i 100 percent agree like as far as like and i i believe the defensive leadership on court that you get with Draymond Green is worth it. 
Yeah, for the Warriors specifically. For the Warriors like, specifically. I don't, I don't think another team. No, I don't think another team. Because Draymond's sort of spirit was is this is a seed. It is like inherently baked into them. It it might actually it's like Udonis House. Yeah, it, it would almost rub off the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like because because I would almost have a feeling he could end up just being like a Patrick Beverly bouncing around the league at that point because it's like. Yeah. It's like that voice is almost too intense coming in from the outside. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? and he's valuable to their media market as well. <clears throat> that, so like, yeah. at the end of the day... He probably like, doesn't want to leave California either. Yeah. If there's an, any team that would offer him a max, it would be the Warriors, and it should be the Warriors. Um, granted, I think there will be a negotiation process. I don't know if they'll land on a max, but maybe something similar or close to it. Uh, but that'll be uh, well, interesting to see. And I mean, is that going to kind of just seal the deal on Andrew Wiggins leaving then too? It would almost. I mean, how do you pay Clay, Steph, Dre, any right. of your other players? Keep. I don't know. That's going to be hard. That's for Joe Lacob to, <laughs> to just kind of you know <laughs> sell off a piece of his All other right. business somewhere else and just suck it up as a loss because hey, fuck him. Is he? But he's a billionaire, right? He can take it. So, Absolutely, I yep. agree. Exactly. So you know, <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> like, so let's. Uh, well, let's uh, keep this on moving for us. Let's uh, let's hop into our baseball segment real quick. Yeah, Woo. absolutely. I'm uh, I'm uh, filling for Max here on the AL Central. Um, we're sitting here with the Twins in first place at uh, 53 and 47. Uh, we got the Guardians back two games. Uh, the White Sox three. The Tigers are back 13 and a half, and Detroit. the Royals are back 14 and a half. Damn. Yeah. Any uh, any notes on that division, Dan? I just wish the Tigers were better. I really I want I want they were you know what I mean like how we all have like a league pass team that's like the low key fun team like a Charlotte or something in the NBA. Yeah. The Tigers were supposed to be that team in the MOB for me this year. It hasn't worked out. Dang. So, you know, I just like Detroit needs a win somewhere. Yeah, and you know they had like one of the better off seasons, and it just—I've talked about it before. They're just—I just want Javi Baez to show out and be like runner-up MVP again, and 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 they have good young pitching. They've got some big hitters. They've finally called up. Like they—they're they're still getting better. They just—I don't know. It's maybe a uh, maybe this is the years they took two steps forward, and this is the year they're taking a step back before they launch again. Who knows? Anyway, uh, is there any trade stuff for this division you've heard about? That's kind of the. We're on trade deadline day for MLB, so oh. that's kind of the the big midnight is... I am but a, a humble learner, master. Yeah, so <laughs> it's hard. It, MLB is interesting to talk about today because I wanted to go a little away from just telling us where the standings are because we've got an NBA-style situation here where we've got one player holding up the entire market. Juan Soto. Juan Soto, yeah. and it's really slowing down all of the fun debating and topics of where could this guy go and that guy go and whatever. And it's like, nothing's happening. And we are My team literally heading up to the day. Yes. The Mariners made a big, made a big this deal. Could be a historic we'll off season for, but it's like multiple my, yeah, leagues. Like my Cubs have two all-stars that need traded that we're just like sitting here like, Hey, <laughs> let's go. So, um, Beyond that, with the AL Central, I, I guess it's the Twins to win. I'm off the White Sox bandwagon. Like I've I've given up. They they are just too hurt and too disappointing this year. They're just it's not gonna happen. So I'm with Max. It's Twins all the way. Um, I just don't think the Indians have enough firepower, and their front office has a has a nasty history of like not really helping their team out at the, the deadline. They're pretty cheap. Yeah, the Cleveland, Cleveland <laughs> Guardians. They're they're pretty they're they're a very well run franchise. They're very smart, very frugal, shrewd, but 
you know, they're, 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 the they're, they're run, yeah, they're recently. run like a, like a very lean business as opposed yeah. to a baseball team for fun. Um, right. So, you know, I, yeah, they, they, they're that team that just hoards prospects. They don't, they, they'll pay like one player on their team a lot of money and that's it. <laughs> so, uh, nice. Yeah, I don't think the Twins have a whole, I just think they have more talent. They're more likely to be able to add something. Their front office is more willing to take a risk. And frankly, the Twins are really mad about how bad they were last year because they thought they were going to be a playoff team last year, and it just all fell apart. So they have every incentive in the world to kind of go for it. So I don't know that you will see a move out of the Twins at the deadline because they kind of just they made their big move getting Carlos Correa in the offseason. Right. But uh, if they, yeah, they, they, are, they are in the market for another starting pitcher, as like every contender is. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got for the AL Central. Um, All right. Well, then on to my division here. Well, we got uh, the Yankees. Uh, I mean, hey, did you did you see the did you see the walk off uh, Aaron Judge put up? Uh huh. Yeah. Literally yeah. any other yeah. jer- well, no trash throws. I would have been more upset about. But literally any other jersey to those two, I would have been like, damn, like damn, man, like, like why it? It's like watching the you know, it's like watching the Patriots or watching the Celtics <laughs> or watching you know, yeah. what? But. Uh, we got them sitting at the top, sixty-nine and thirty-three. Uh, my Blue Jays coming nice. in at second at fifty or twelve games behind, right? Second place, twelve games behind, and we're twelve up from five hundred. Right, tough. Uh, <laughs> then the Rays behind us at fourteen and a half. Then the Orioles are above five hundred. They're fifty-one and fifty now. Astounding. And the wow. Red Sox, I, I don't want to say it was because of the Blue Jays, because I don't know how their whole month was going, but that absolute beatdown, uh. it feels like it's <laughs> finished this team, because now they're 50-52 and 52 in last place in this division. You know, that's a fair point. I actually really hadn't noticed that until I looked, and I think, yeah, I think you might be right about that. They just <laughs> broke their spirit. And like, unless they get some help at the deadline to kind of like reshake up the clubhouse to give them a little different feeling, because a lot of times moves at the deadline are about kind of just giving the players a feeling of support as opposed to actual support. Right. Um, but you know, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Oh, look, can you believe that Boston below the Orioles? I bet you the Orioles front office never thought that would happen this year. <laughs> In fact, I think that's I an interesting that point happen. is because I wonder if the Orioles are getting a little – I wonder if they're thinking they're buyers now because the, the rumor is they're going to trade their best outfielder, Trey Mancini. He's kind of their best longtime dedicated Oriole that they've got left. Also, he's a good story because he's like a cancer survivor and stuff. I root for him. But, uh, you know, they're in the wild card hunt now. Like, the, you know, they're not the favorite, but – I would keep, they're there. They're there. They're better than they've been in six years easily. Yeah. I mean, and is this this is the best division in baseball? Yeah, right if now, you're, right? right, like if you put them in my division, the NL Central, uh, they'd probably be in second place, bare minimum. Yeah, <laughs> so that's crazy. Because yeah, they probably because they did have three easy teams to beat up on instead this is, of this all is the difficult AFC ones. West of baseball. Yes, uh-huh. yes. I don't know. I did this to myself. I just keep picking teams that are in these brutal divisions. At least you picked one that's got a little bit of championship pedigree, so that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. That's it's awesome. an interesting division, you know. And then of course there's the small market Rays, just annoying everybody with their no payroll magic roster they cobble together every year with <laughs> pitchers that come out of nowhere and dominate and hitters that look bad on paper but do just enough collectively to you know beat Win you, games. paper cut you to death. 
So, um, yep. All right. Well, uh, I have some bad news for for the Mariners faithful. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is on the injury uh, list. He got plunked in the wrist. X-ray's negative. Yeah, X-ray's negative, so it just sounds like he got a pretty bad bruise and isn't feeling up to it, so he'll mm. be back soon. Yeah, I mean, but that's know, still... a baseball to the wrist would probably... Uh, I mean, he's I'll kind of one of the best hitters we have right you, now. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Ty France, I would argue, is better, but I, not by I, much. Just in terms of con- like bat-to-ball contact skills, I would agree, but Julio has more raw power, and he's already tapping into it. And he's so. young. He can, he, he can go to the moon. Yeah. Um, so it sucks to see... Uh, otherwise, the Mariners are still kind of being pretty hot. They've lost. They've dropped a few games to the Astros, which feels bad because it was really important. Just in general, they, as a franchise, seem to struggle with the Astros. Uh, we were doing so good before, uh, but now we're just like. Eh. Uh, I, or I think I just tune into the bad ones. Like that's, I just, that's I just the have feeling a, I, I get have a too. bad knack of like missing the epic ones where the Mariners pull something and then mm. I tune into the one they lose like ten to two. Uh, but like <laughs> we alluded to earlier, uh, in division the Mariners just traded for Castillo or Castillo, Luis Castillo of the yeah. Cincinnati Reds. They're just becoming Cincinnati West now is the joke because of their huge offseason moves with Cincinnati to pick up Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez. I love me some Eugenio Chad Suarez. Eugenio. Yeah, um, no, he's fun. And no, the Mariners man. are second in the division now. We are, awesome. we are. That well, so if you if you missed it, if you missed it, uh we went on like a 14 game tear. Yeah, uh, we're we're eleven games back on the Astros now. That's they're awesome. they're at sixty six wins, and we're at fifty five. Poor Angels, poor I know. Man. Uh, that's, that's the the Rangers and yeah, Angels are it. both. They call they collapse so hard. Twenty two. Yeah, was uh, the the game Luke at? Uh, did they win that one? I don't think so. I, I think, think so. Luke commented in our chat that he uh, watched them lose. The, the Angels have collapsed so hard they're actually willing to listen to offers for Shohei Otani. And that I, blows my mind because I, they haven't even been willing to listen to offers for Trout for yeah. like a decade but or whatever. Do you think it's Who do you like keep Trout or like, At this point, I'd keep Otani. At well, this point, I'm listening to offers for Trout. He's, his legs aren't quite as fast. He's, you know, he's still in a... The, an astounding gob smacking amazing hitter but like you know he's not going to steal 40 50 bases anymore there's going to be an argument you could move him to a corner outfield spot sooner rather than later yeah. well and like i i, I think there's know. something to be said you know from a, a japanese man uh the angels are one of the few teams that are beloved in japan he right. wants to play for right the and the angels yeah. the angels know well yeah they, that puts the angels in a real tough spot because trout is essentially the face of their franchise to their american fans and otani's the face of your franchise to your international fans and otani's mm-hmm. kind of becoming the kind face of, because, of yeah their I mean, baseball period well. baseball yeah, but it's like it's just gosh it's just on the cover the i just it just Literally. I know they've tried. You know they have made. It's just amazing to me they can't get some better pitching because that's all it is. I it's just pitching. Yeah. Kind it's been of the same problem for feel years. Feel like trying to trade Otani would be the same thing as he's worth way too much. Yeah, like, the, the Anthony Rendon signings really killing him too because he's just not healthy enough to produce like he was with the Nationals, and they were really counting on that. They're paying him a lot of money. So that's to me. I'd get. I'd slough off that contract somehow yeah. if I could before I trade Trout or Otani. 
And it's just the entertainment value. Like, honestly, man, like, hate to say it, but, like, if I'm, a, again, <laughs> Mr. I guess I, I guess I get to be the biz, the pro business guy on the pod. I'll, I'll have to wear That's that. That's correct. I'll have to wear Don't that. Worry, I'll, I'll defend I'll, the cowboys. Know, I'll, just, I'll just have to wear that hat sometimes. It is what I it is. I will shit on billionaires anytime. Hey, I man. Can. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, man. I'll, I, hey, I'll, I'm tough enough to take it. I'll just I'll try my best. But I'll just. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'll, yeah, it's all in fun, man. I just, I think as an, as a Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, is well known for being a big spender, the dumb contract guy. Right. But there is something to be said for keeping for keeping butts in seats. And even if I am just this 77 win team every year, it's like I'm still selling merch and getting a big TV deal and getting fans in the stands if I've got Trout and Otani. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I believe this is also called draft and develop. Right. And I, I mean, I, it's so <laughs> glib to say <laughs> that, but it's like, you're, what else can we say? Because it's like... You, are they just that unlucky every year? Like none yeah. of their signings work out, none of their draft picks. I mean, they've had some bad luck too. Okay, uh, for you, those of you uninitiated, remember it's been a few years. But when I was in college, one of their top prospects, Nick Aiden Hart, was killed in a car wreck right after literally get it was it his first major league win. But he like literally dominated some team, went out six seven shutout innings, dies in a car crash going home from the game like that night like 22 years old not drunk nothing nice kid just totally there there went part of their future and then uh the whole tyler skaggs thing happened which i mean he wasn't like a great pitcher but he like he's kind of a failure prospect with the diamondbacks went to the angels and was becoming much better like a solid rotation piece not an ace not an all-star but a piece and yeah, the whole drug overdose thing, which has in turn opened up all kinds of a can of worms that's just hard to even talk about. Right. Like, you know, like literally, no, your own, yeah, like thing, literally uh, a team very... trainer dealing drugs all around the league, man. Like, that's mm, not, awesome. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe that's karma. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things that, you know, the, the forces of the cosmos knew all along these things are going on in Anaheim and. Now they're uh, baseball the chickens gods are coming home. To yeah, roost, the baseball so gods aren't, aren't going to let that aren't going to let you win when that's going on. That's I don't funny. know, but yeah, that's, that's but that also the... implies baseball gods have some like overarching sense of like good morale morals and stuff, which I don't. I'm not convinced. I of. I, I think all of the sports gods are the are of the same cloth. They want it to be chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> I I truly believe. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes for good television. It right. really does. True, because <laughs> look at all the look at all the sympathy debate topics we get to have about the Angels instead. Yeah, exactly. is it really any more or less debate topics than if they were good? No, not really. <laughs> just, just topics would just be different. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's that's the AL West. Uh, it looks like there's only two good teams, and that's even questionable. <laughs> I, there I might will just say, be one good team. I will say quickly. I do want to touch a little more on the Luis Castillo trade. Oh, go ahead, Quick go ahead. overview. Uh, 97 mile per hour running in sinker to right-handed batters. Great, outstanding, devastating changeup. He has a sub three ERA. He's going to be pitching in a pitcher friendly ballpark because Cincinnati is not it is literally the least pitcher friendly park outside Oof. of denver so the fact oh, he, about to say so denver the, sounds yeah bad. so the fact that he's put up a sub three era and a 500 record in cincinnati mariners fans do not let that fool you he is a very good pitcher i have seen him when he's focused he's a little unfocused because he's been playing on the reds throw him on a good team i guarantee you he's going to pitch pretty good if not quite ace level you're not going to catch the astros but I actually think because the AL East is so tough and because the Twins have no competition in their division, the AL East is going to beat up on itself 
enough that my hot take is the Mariners finally break their playoff drought this year. I don't want to curse them or jinx them, but I've been watching them. Don't put that evil on me. The fact that Julio's hand isn't actually broken means he's going to be coming back in a couple weeks. It'll be like a 10-day to two-week thing. You know, if they don't totally fall out while Julio's gone, I think they can do it because the Rays, Orioles, Red Sox, and Blue Jays are all just going to hammer each other. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, so that's it for the, uh, uh, the AL West. I'm going to the NL West. Uh, Dan, do you want to? Uh, so I, I just pulled up the standings. Yeah, if you go want for me it. To give go, it to if you. you could go ahead and cover that. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's the Dodgers' division to lose. The Padres are 12 game back. Uh, 12 games back on them. It's kind of looking like the same kind of situation in the AL West. In that it's kind of a two dog race. Really, only a one dog race though. Right, it's like your division thing is wrapped up, and then it's just the wild card contender, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say the Padres are not an; in- they are an interesting, very capable team that could knock anyone well, off in the playoffs. If they get one Soto, I mean, that could really change what their team looks like. Well, they've been linked to both Soto and Wilson Contreras. I don't think they've got the prospect depth for both. Um, obviously, you pick Soto. I mean, you go for Soto. Yeah, obviously, yeah. if you've got one so or the other. Especially because they've had like a revolving door of kind of outfielders there in San Diego. So I just don't know what the trade package really is. That because uh, yeah, clearly nobody. Because the, the yeah right because the Padres <laughs> have already shown an unwillingness to part with guys like Jake Cronenworth or any other top pitchers. Whether it's Mackenzie Gore, who's a guy that Luke's such a huge fan of. When I I don't disagree. I'm all, any any high qual high ceiling lefty. I'm interested. You know. Right. Um, it's just they, they've got guys like Mike Clevenger that they're kind of rehabbing that they don't want to trade because they have him basically on an undervalued contract, and they know if they can get him healthy, they're gonna he's going to pitch way beyond the value of his contract. Right. So they just – I don't know what they've got. They've got a lot of other big unmovable contracts that are on the major league roster that are too big of a piece – they're too important to trade. Like you're not going to trade Fernando Tatis Jr. for Juan Soto. That's the only player you've got on your team that's of a kind of equivalent value. Well, and how old is Juan Soto? Twenty-five. How old is Tatis? Like Twenty-three or four. Uh, that's that's a hard. That's a hard. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard deal to make because, like, theoretically, Tatis still has a little more upside. Yeah, I mean. I'm of the I I uh, well a whole separate debate topic I have is that I think people assume your prime is a like 27 to 30 and I think it's really more 22 to 28. I mean, and it depends on but, the sport, well, yeah. what your position when you find is, that like balance between your physical your genetics. and your mental. Yeah. Your mental just game, before exactly. your knees like LeBron skip out. in 2018, I think that was like the yeah. best version of LeBron. Yeah. He was on the technically yeah. the decline that year. I, I suppose that's true. I, I guess it just depends like, on the that player. That was the year where like his physical gifts and his like uh, um, mentality and IQ like were at their um, peak, and now the physicality is going down and his uh, IQ is going up. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how his career evolves. But going back to what you were talking about, it's um, yeah. I just I, I guess some of these players are so good so quick that you do see them like plateau a little bit or their progression curve kind of at least flattens considerably. You know right. what I mean? Like we assume it's going to be this sort of linear progression of just, Oh, these are just going to keep adding four or five home runs a year. He's just going to keep scoring like three, four more points per game. It's like, mm, no, it's going to pl- flatten out. And then it's just going to be little subtle incremental improvements. Like, right. you know, so, yeah, anyway, I, if the Padres were to get Soto, great. 
I still don't think it's enough to catch the Dodgers just because the Dodgers have they have players they're going to get Is back on injury be as well. Yankees? I would Dude, cry. I would like. cry. Might be one of those years. I would might be one of those years I would because cry. the thing is, you know, normally the good team, good regular season teams, you can kind of be like, ah, oh, they're a paper tiger if they don't, if they kind of, if their pitching's a little questionable and they're just beating everybody with offense, you know, because they just, you know, because three out of five games you get to play like kind of a meh pitcher. You're not going to always face the best pitching every day. So you can get by with a good offense and like a mediocre pitching staff and ride that to the playoffs and like 98 wins or whatever. Right. But like, Nah, <laughs> no, fam. The Yankees and Dodgers I mean, the have Mets, great the Mets pitching are in the mix as well. <laughs> they are yeah. about to get Jacob Degrom back. He's about to yeah, make his the, first the start Mets of the season. Are, uh, yeah, the Mets are doing well. Yeah, should we but go I, on to the? But it's like East great. Team? Oh, so my only hope to root for against Yankees Dodgers is to root <laughs> for another, another New, New York team. team. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of which, the Mets are uh, sitting handily at the top of the division. The NL East is another case of two good teams and everyone else is trash. We have the worst team in the league in the Nationals. Um, sitting at the bottom, 29 games back. So um, it's really the Mets and the Braves in this division. They're going to be. The but two this is the one that's like actually kind of close, right? Like this because the, the, the past two are the Braves are nipping at their heels. Yeah, they're 61 and 41, and the Mets are 63 and 37. Yeah, so they're so only like three games back. It's very doable. The only two dog race that's still a two dog right. race. And Absolutely. I do think that one will be an actual fight. That one, yeah. it, there's not a big talent gap. I think the Braves have a better offense. I think the Mets have a better pitching staff. But yeah. like the gap on either one of those is not. It's not like by saying that that I'm implying the Braves pitching is bad because it's not. Do they have to play each other in the playoffs? Or is uh, that, is that it like could happen. Um, it's not predetermined. They try to make it avoid having it happen first round. But I gotcha. mean, if it if it happens, it happens. Like the the Cubs had that happen in 2015. They had to play the Pirates in like a wild card elimination thing in right. Pittsburgh. So, Damn. yep. Yeah, outside of that, the division's really uh, just not much to say about it. The Phillies are average, the Marlins are average, and then the Nationals are, like I alluded to, currently the uh, worst record in the league. Yeah, the the Phillies are looking to make another deal to kind of because they got to do something because they spent all kinds of money in the off season. And then, uh, gee, what do you know? Just like people said, assembling a lineup full of designated hitters and not enough pitching is not gonna beat the Mets <laughs> or the Braves so no nope. here we are <laughs> um, how many time how many times do teams play each other in the same division uh roughly 16 to 20 okay gotcha. yeah more yeah. so than other divisions yeah right? oh definitely yeah it's okay. a definitely is it significant it's, it's, or is it like, yeah very significant it's about any any team any team outside of your division you will play one home series one away series that's it gotcha but in your own division, in your own it's division like, it's like Every other game that's left after that, basically. So, gotcha. so, so it'll vary a little. Like you'll play maybe nineteen games against one, eighteen games against another. It's a little. So teams in the same division know each other. Yes, well. and they gotcha. they've been doing it since they used to have a fully balanced like schedule like across the league, but they changed that in like nineteen ninety five or seven, about gotcha. the same time they came up with the wild card idea. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and then that's pretty much it for the NL East, and then moving on to the NL Central. And that one has been the same story all year. And actually, hey, hey, hear this refrain. <clears throat> it's a two-dog race with everybody else being kind of crappy. Yeah, Cardinals and Brewers. <laughs> Cardinals and Brewers, top. as I've been saying all year. And I'm rooting for the Cardinals personally because I'm a big uh, Paul Goldschmidt fan. You're a Cardinals fan? Ah, uh, yeah. And I am a, a Cardinals fan as well. But uh, Paul Goldschmidt was a... Arizona uh, Cardinals. America's yeah. first and baseman. Arizona Diamondbacks legend. Uh, we miss him very greatly. 
Um, clearly, if you look at the D-backs record right now, we're, we're not doing so hot. Um, but, uh, yeah, the go, go Goldie. I love you, Paul. As a Cubs fan, I am obligated to hate the Cardinals, but, as, but I do root for individual players and I have, I like both Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado quite a bit. They're great. Yeah. I, they're, they're quite, good dude. they're good dudes. They go about their business very professionally and they put up numbers and they're just, they're just. I don't know. I just admire the way they hit. Yeah. They can just hit good pitching. Is Archie good ones? Just, just something I uh, had a thought about. All of your teams, we started this pod. All of your teams are in rebuild. They are now. It's painful. It's not great. The Bears, it's Cubs, hurtful. And, and it's and the sad I mean, thing okay, is, and it's happened. The Jazz are the technically jazz. In and, and, rebuild, and it's happened I mean, it's, really rather are, quickly. <laughs> it, and it's happened fast. I'm not emotionally handling it great because. <laughs> the Cubs were so we waited so long for the Cubs to not suck. We finally got good. Yeah, I get it. They didn't repeat. You got the chip. In we got the chip, and, I, and honestly, that I would argue is the best macro level thing that's happened in the world since then. I would yeah. argue the price of for that Chicago happening. sports specifically. Yeah, no, like yeah. literally, seriously, like in my opinion, literally, right after that, Trump got elected, and I will. Wait, dig- so why are you not a Bulls fan? Oh, I am a Bulls fan, but oh, okay. I moved, so it's like, well, and, and the would, Bulls were rebuilding forever. Well, I, I moved to Utah from Arizona, but I'm not a jazz fan. Well, so it's I'm because on, okay, honestly, I just flipped on some jazz games in 2016 when I moved here, and okay. I, honest to God, just liked the way they played That's back fair. when they didn't have. They have a good they, yeah, I just liked that they passed and cut and weren't over reliant on the one dominant guy. And, you know, it was. And I, I thought Quinn Snyder just looked like, like he looks like a mad scientist who's always just like yeah, on the earth yeah. verge of going Snyder crazy. Sold his house for quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, I but, but anyway, the Bulls. The no, I do. I have always no. followed the Bulls through the Elton Brand days and the Kirk Heinrich days when they were like a 44 win team <laughs> even before Derrick Rose got there and they were like oh, battling man. it with the Wizards for the eighth spot. <laughs> I remember those days when Nate <laughs> Robinson was our starting point Joe guard. Noah. Yeah, no. I remember I, when Joachim Noah was an MVP candidate? Like a legit, like first <laughs> no. team all NBA defensive force. He was, in the, he was like third or second in the MVP. That race was that was quite years. a time. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Quite that was a one time. Of the most like out of out there MVP races I've seen. But it, but it just once that sort of sixty win Bulls squad fell apart, and it was obvious that Tom Thibodeau can't develop young talent and really refuses to even try, and kind of grinds his players into the ground. It's just. Yeah. And now he now New York has to deal with his. Uh, I mean, so has he run his yeah. course in New York? I think it, it's getting there. He's not going to last there. as long in there as he did in Chicago. He, he's got a couple more seasons in New York before you know. they wake up to it. But well, yeah, especially I once his days are numbered. Yeah, there for sure. I mean, especially when all they're left with is young players for him to develop. Wait, and they, who's coaching the Bulls right now? I forget. Is it uh, Bill, no, Billy Donovan. Is yeah, it Billy, Billy Donovan. Donovan. Okay. Yeah. I, I Good for him, by the way, because I didn't think much of him as a coach on the Thunder, and he's proved that he's yeah. better, and he doesn't have Westbrook to he's deal with. He's got some good players to work with, too. Yeah, no, so I do I do like the Bulls. I, I watched them. I was really happy were for you, them this year. Were you an MJ stan? Uh, like, of course. And I was a bandwagon I mean, fan help, as but... a kid. I was a kid. <laughs> and, he, and then, of course, I was the Kobe Lakers stan after that, because, of course, I, how could you not be drawn to those two players as a kid? They were just such freaks compared to everybody else. Absolutely. Like, you know? So... Anyway, um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, oh, yeah. Good. Anyway, yeah, all my teams are rebuilding, central. and it sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were so, talking about and the uh, MLB. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. And the Pirates and Reds suck. The Pirates and Reds suck. But, I mean, yeah. in a way, they're the most Ooh, interesting because the Reds are the ones making moves to actually try rebuilding, and the Pirates are the ones calling up the most interesting prospects. 
and the Cubs are the ones that are still finishing tearing down their once great team. They're waiting to trade Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras as we speak. Right. Uh, but I don't know. The problem is I, I, I haven't had time to delve through every other team's minor league system and see like what I want for those guys. Because right. like Ian Happ has shown a lot of inconsistency in his career. This is the first year where he has been consistent, where he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop swinging for the fences, and I'm just going to take what pitchers give me, right. and I'm just going to spray the ball all over the place. And that's what that's he's doing. Like and, he, he, and, he hit, and he made the all-star team. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, that's what he, that's what he does. Like, Matt, and right. so... It, I don't know, but can you prove that he's going to do that every year moving forward? I don't know. So what's his value? And then Wilson Contreras, yeah, he's a multi-all-star catcher, but he has a track record of his offense falling off in the second half because catching is hard. Is he a good and playoff performer? Yes. Okay, well, then yes. you keep him. So you should, yeah, right, and it's like, to me, he's done <laughs> nothing but show... Even despite his age, he was a late bloomer, that first being of said, all. I'm, I don't think the Cubs aren't making the playoffs. This oh, year, hell no. Like, no. No, no, no. They're but not. Like, but in it's general, like, like but, you, you generally want guys who do better in the playoffs. But they're, but they're not a small market team. So it's like, okay, True. if you could get these guys to – and this is not the NBA. This is, this is a league where people sign to all kinds of nuanced – contracts right. it's not like oh hey look i just score 25 the, points a game so i get they a max don't freak out about an independent study contract clause being oh can we <laughs> use this as our segue <laughs> well, into, we'll get there uh, we'll get there or I'll, I'll never get through mlb if we segue again but <laughs> but for real like that the uh the, the trade market is just, is just weird because I think teams know that a guy like Contreras, they've seen the track record, he's going to fall off on offense as he gets tired in August and September, and he's going to reboot for the playoffs, and that's going to be great. But if I'm the Cubs, I'm like the third or fourth largest payroll in the league. Why can't I re-sign him to a reasonable deal like what you gave right. Seiya Suzuki, who you'd literally never seen play a game in the MLB, and you handed him five years and like $90 million, right. which is, you know, not the, an insane contract, but it's a lot for someone you've never seen try Two to words. hit. Like, billionaire greed. Sure. <laughs> well, and to be fair, they had to have somebody. They had to have some, Hey, you got me. They had to have somebody to replace Jason Hayward. But like... I just, how could you not give a similar size contract or a little more to Contreras and Ian Happ? And then by MLB standards, those, those are, those are not max deals. Those would be considered like mid-level good contracts. And those would not be your cornerstone players, but they would be the solid players you already have. And now you know they're there and now you can go worry about getting a star elsewhere. You can worry about developing your pitching. You know, you've at least got two half decent offensive players you got a great catcher, which right. is really important in baseball because it manages your pitching staff. It controls the other team's running game. Like a catcher has a disproportionate outsized effect compared to any other position on the field right. other than in the pitcher. And so it's the only position I could realistically play in an actual game of baseball. Well, and, and it's and it's like we have the designated hitter now, hitters. so you can you can you can take you can give him a guy more days off and save his knees now that we have the DH in both leagues, and it just. I don't know, man. I'm a stand for Contreras. He plays with that fire. He can come up with the clutch. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. He let that he likes to show off. He's like he's just fun. Like he's he's not right. slow for a catcher. He can run the bases. So even. naturally, you have to trade him. Yeah, right. Just it's just gosh, it's just sad. And it's just he's him and Ian Happ and that Kyle Hendricks are literally the last three players from our World Series teams. And I just don't want to see him go. It's the end of an era. End of the Chicago. era. And 
Yeah. I'm going to get you a beer. And now it'll so be... Now so I can cry a, in it. Yeah. It'll be another 116 years before the oh, Cubs don't. ever sniff the oh, World Series. Oh, so anyway. What, oh, come on. Just because we argued uh, about billionaires, did I deserve that? Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was pretty That was pretty cold. Sitting here and, you know, anyway. drinking in Dan's sadness. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, really about yeah. it for MLB. We're really all just in a holding pattern until midnight. Yeah, because the Nationals are probably going to have to... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on that. They're going to have to come down a little bit on their price for Soto, or else the entire trade deadline might get uh, stalled, like just stalled. And now, technicality, you can still make trades after July 31st, but the players have to go through like a complicated waiver process. And even then, you can only do that up until a month before the playoffs, because anybody who's not on your roster within like a month can't be on your playoff (laughs) roster. So anyway, there we go. (laughs) All right, our NFL segment here. So, Let's uh, Take let's it just away, Blair. let's uh, let's well, we we alluded to the Kyler Murray contract thing oh, right yeah. a second ago. So let's let's finish up our thoughts yes. on that. <clears throat> um, uh, this is uh, it's a bad look for for the Cardinals organization to even have that in there. Zach Ertz and many other Cardinals players have come out publicly and said that uh, Kyler's work ethic is is just fine. I mean, um, it's not any better or worse than any other young uh, star players in the game. Yeah, he knows the playbook better than anybody. He also is the one to hold his teammates accountable for their mistakes. He's the one on the sidelines, um, like, pushing them. Uh, sometimes it comes across as uh, him being a little bitch, him yelling, et cetera. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think I he mean, just he wants to little. win. I think he's passionate about winning. <laughs> and the fact that Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, had to, another example of uh, billionaire greed here. Just kidding. No, that's, that's <laughs> um, But the fact that Michael Bidwell had to put in a clause that – mandated four hours of independent study. I think it was per game week or something like that. I can't remember the exact it, time. Yeah, it was like per game week. But it's like, don't. Just just trust it, you, you, that so, your max level player is going to do whatever it takes to win, which Kyler's already proven. Well, wait, did he put his Instagram photos back up? That's that's what I need to know. Cause that's, that's a level of commitment. No, that, was, that was yeah. all, that's all negotiate. That, oh, that's oh, a negotiation that's, that's, that's all in the past. Yeah, my my take on that is even, even the if... The back solves everything. Even if we're living in the universe where Kyler Murray does not watch tape. Even if that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I think he does watch tape. No, he has he to. he watches plenty of tape. You ha- yeah, he, he but, said himself, like, the football is too hard of a game not to study your opponent. Even, even to... if that is the case, he watches less than four hours a week. Right. That looks fucking horrible to put in a contract. Absolutely. And to leak it. Like yeah. and and what happened recently is the the clause actually got removed because right, of right. the amount of media coverage. Peer pressure, internet bullying works. <laughs> right. but, but the narrative is already there. <laughs> but if exactly. Any That's any mistake that the Cardinals make is going to put on Kyler not watching tape, Absolutely. even if it's on defense. And I wonder though, again, me being cynical pro business guy, I wonder if that was the Cardinals' low key way of getting back at Kyler for all of what they probably view as a bunch of immature pettiness in the offseason and regarding Possibly. the social media stuff and the yeah. contract demands uh, and whatever. Sounds which, like something an which, old rich white well, guy would do. Exactly. Yeah. And now, now, to be Absolutely. fair, like, I, I don't quite understand why, like, I guess I'd have to talk to Carter myself to understand why he couldn't wait to just play out the final year before getting the rubber-stamped rookie extension he was going to get anyway. I don't think the Cardinals are in any because danger then you're of letting gonna him be go in the, or not signing You're going to be in the narrative circle that's uh, around Lamar right now and that he's going to leave the team when there's yeah. no indication that he's going to ever leave the Ravens. 
Ravens. But wouldn't you rather put up with that Lamar than this? Lamar Jackson to wouldn't, Miami? Lamar Jackson possibly. unhappy I, with the fair, team? Kyler Murray didn't know that the Cardinals would respond in kind, petty for petty. But, I mean, I think in retrospect, if I personally had a choice of, okay, would I rather deal with, like, Lamar-type rumors that I'm going to leave or rumors that I don't study hard enough, oh, I'll take option one any day but he didn't know that at the time right, right. so anyway that was, i just i just, I, I just like, wonder i am cynical i i suspect the cardinals did that on purpose even even if they were smart enough to think a step ahead that they'd get bullied out of it they know the exact thing lane just said that that stain will still be there even if it's not in the contract and maybe that's the only 100%, maybe like, that's the only point they wanted to make it's too little too late at this point the, yeah the narrative has been put out there and like lane said like now, if, uh, if the Cardinals uh, flop in the regular season, it's going to be attributed to Kyler not watching off tape, etc. But this is Kyler Murray's a guy who was drafted in the first round of two different major <laughs> sports leagues. Right. He was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft yep, by I, the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. and he was drafted as the number one overall pick by the Cardinals. And so... How are you questioning, like, the, it seems like they were questioning his intelligence or his work ethic. Like, you have to have an incredible well, I mean, work from, ethic maybe to from get Kyler's, to Maybe from Kyler's perspective, you know, they just drafted you. But they drafted a quarterback the season before, and they were Josh like, Rosen, yeah. they were like, you know, no, no, this guy's not the guy. And, we're drafting another and quarterback. And Cliff Kingsbury famously said, "Josh is our guy." When asked if they were going to trade Josh Rosen or not, mm. so, I mean, what do you like, say there? There's, there's a little <laughs> bit of hesitation towards that organization, right? Yeah, like absolutely. they didn't even give the last guy a chance. Really, mm. I mean, he's terrible. Right. So, right. I uh, didn't. Correct, speaking but, of Josh Rosen, didn't he just make it onto another team? Uh, I don't know, actually. I, I, he went to the Dolphins at one point. He struggled there. Uh, from what I understand, he hasn't really I, I, found a I thought spot. I saw somewhere that he just got on another he team, but I'm not there. sure. Um, <laughs> what, what, where? Where is he? The Cleveland Browns. Oh, oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, uh, Whatchamacallit, Brissett's backup. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to call him he who shall not be named uh, until oh, yeah. uh, everything is cleared up. So, you know, because we've got Jacoby Brissett, the starting quarterback. Right. And mm-hmm. then the backup, Josh Rosen. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. But yeah, that's all I had to say about the Kyler thing. is is just a bad look for the Cardinals franchise. And uh, we made our, ourselves a laughing stock when we absolutely didn't have to. It could have just been a Arizona sports baby, but yeah, no. And and Kyler already is hated by a lot of people, weirdly for uh, different reasons. But I don't know. I'm just. It feels like every superstar in Arizona sports uh, right now, currently, is just like disliked on a national level. It, being Devin Booker and it, uh, Kyler Murray, and it, it did feel and like DeAndre Ayton to some it, it CP three. Yeah, CP three. It too. felt very disrespectful to actually, you know, and and there's an outside. And okay, so the sad thing is, I as a fellow millennial person who's had to sit through Zoom meetings and wa- do stuff, I'm obligated training videos and stuff for work. Have I uh, pretended to click through that stuff? Have I had uh, done a little uh, <clears throat> multitasking? But you know, not really, because the human brain can't really multitask. It's not hyper-threaded like a computer processor. So you know, I could understand if Kyler actually was goofing off some in the film sessions. But like to 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 imply that I literally heard Shannon Sharp on Undisputed imply that well, you know, the Cardinals' record always seems to tank off when the new Call of Duty comes out every year. Oh, I'm like, whoa, God. man, that. That's a little, they said the, they said the same thing about Aiden. That's too. a little extreme. Like, 
That was disrespectful, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. But that, I mean, Shannon Sharp is. I mean, I mean to be fair, yeah, he's he, he literally a clown. He's a shtick. Yeah. Like he knows he's there for entertainment value. <laughs> literally a he's, clown, he's, not he's trying paid. to insult him. That is his job. He's is paid to, to have those kinds of yeah. to come up with crazy <laughs> sayings and stuff. And you know so, what? Uh, Big enough check. I'm right there. So, yeah. <laughs> so every man has his number. Talking about you know like character. Uh, there was a fight, or uh, you know, a fight, oh God, I guess, <laughs> between uh, Josh Allen and I believe it was one of the defensive. Jor- yeah, Jordan Russell, or not Jordan Russell? Uh, what was his name? Yeah, was, uh, Josh uh, Allen. A Bills Jordan Phillips. Yeah, yeah. So, me and Blair got in a little disagreement, but I think we we ultimately agree in that. Uh, so what happened oh, is this tackle, this lineman. Um, hit the arm of the backup uh, previously in the day. Uh, from what I heard, it wasn't like a bad hit, but it was still like, hey, we're in training camp, I mean, don't do that. It's training camp, man. You're not, why are you going to the quarterback? Not like trying that? to injure each other in training right, camp. Right, right. Then on a read option play, uh, Josh Allen went up the middle and he got bumped. And yes, don't bump him. Bumped. Bumped. Man's coming in, hitting the quarterback in training camp. His arms were up, and he was slowing down, and he hit him. Like when you're six five, three hundred pounds, you're just slowing down. Doesn't I'm not really saying. I'm not saying he's not in the wrong. I'm saying that it wasn't like he tackled him. Right. And then, but but the push. And then Josh Allen started a fight. He pushed him. He pushed him after he ran into him. So was the <laughs> so so all I'm saying is then that did start a fight. Sure, but you don't hit your two hundred and fifty, sixty million dollar quarterback in training. But it was camp. clearly not like an intentional hit. But he could have not done it. So yeah. give up on the play? Yeah. In training camp. <laughs> in yes. training camp, yes. No pads. Not, yes. Not, not you don't hit the quarterback. But not he didn't game, but. hit the quarterback. Josh Allen ran into him. It's, it's, it was an unfortunate set. Either way, I think that the agreement we came to was that ultimately this isn't the hugest deal as long as they don't carry any beef. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Josh Allen is like, hey, you don't fucking and do that. Don't. I, I, don't. And, and as Sam was saying, like, I personally love it. Like, I love yeah. that fire. Yeah, me too. Because it's like. It shows that your team gets Your quarterback you is win. the one who's like, hey, yeah, no, no. You, you know, showing that leadership that, you know, you know, I can follow this guy. I'll fight a guy 50 pounds bigger than me. I don't care. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I just think ultimately starting a fight isn't the right course of action. But again, I don't think Josh Allen was necessarily in the wrong because Jordan Phillips shouldn't have been, shouldn't have hit the the, the backup's arm early in the day. Like he, right. he should know better not to do that. This is training camp. You don't need to strip sack the guy. Right. And yeah, you, yeah, like, I give, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on the Josh Allen like hit that happened because it, he clearly wasn't trying to like tackle him or hurt him or anything like that. And Josh Allen was running up the middle, like that happens. Right. But no, like you said, like if they don't carry this into the regular season, and if it makes them right, better, right, if it if it makes them better, if it makes them better, then cool, a, might be a good thing. Yeah, yeah like I guess thinking about it, I I've never played on a football team, but I would guess I wonder, I would wonder, does the rest of the team did they interpret it as like Josh Allen starting something? Oh yeah, which, no, you know, the, the, a fight like 
happening in, which, in the middle, like in the yeah. middle. Well, because it's going to because you see your you know your your defensive lineman buddy gets shoved around you know by the quarterback. Well, and it that's and that's why and that's why that's and that's the only potential counter argument to like Josh Allen showing leadership because if it's if the rest of the team doesn't view it as right, that, then yeah. it well won't be go down like that so i guess my hope is that both guys do the whole hey we both just got heated in that moment at practice yeah. and just apologize in the locker room it dap that, it up and dap it up in front of kind of both this, offensive if, and if defensive parties and, there to capture the moment then it probably wouldn't have even yeah, been talked about right even, exactly yeah, were, yeah well, that's a good point this type of stuff probably happens all the time in training. well right. blair was making a ravens joke but then my response was we got rid of the guy who started a fight last right. offseason it only so. happens because every team now has its own like local tv crew there to do like well, something half the city is there it. seeing right. uh, local tv crews the chargers training camp was packed fans right. were filling it up I, awesome. I, I I I love you, Blair. But can we not go into Chargers training camp when we have AFC South on the the the, the menu today? I real, love real you. Quick, what was your What was your point on that? No, it's just finally it's it's looking a little different. Looks like there's a few Chargers fans. Good. There were in, more than twelve there. They're they're showing up to the stadium. They're showing up, showing out. I so just didn't. I just didn't want to divulge into the the tangent of uh, what I know you get into because. Oh no no. no. Because we this just, man was just... trying to tell me football starts this week. Well, I no. mean, I the, the preseason. So week. is the preseason the start of the NFL season? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. It is the start. Absolutely. It was. It, it's to to just to. to That's not the, the regular to season. To proudly proclaim to me on entrance into your house, Lane. Football starts next week. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. The so the NFL season starts this week. The regular season doesn't start for a little all, while. All I'm saying is it's but a little overreaction to proudly broke. Absolutely pro- not. No, the preseason football exciting, starts. Bro. Football mm. starts next week. I'm pumped. Hell yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm really torn on this, on this one. one. I kind of lean toward Lane's side because the only reason I'm going to watch any preseason games is because I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, I'm not going to watch <laughs> anything <laughs> other than highlights. I, I, I love I've never team. watched I'm a preseason game in my life. Because it's regardless of if Blair's it's on the Herbert Kool Aid. Well, it gives you a chance no, to. No, it's not. Herbert's not even going to play. None of the starters of the Chargers I, even play. See, that's why I that's don't the, watch them. That's the thing that. It, it, well, it gives you a chance to evaluate your. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's more talent. important. I'm not, for the team I'm not than you saying as a fan. your so opinions like, are wrong. I'm just saying it's a little say, overreaction to. The, 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 my, my only the point is it's an overreaction to gallantly proclaim as though our. You did. Don't even. <laughs> you did don't even to gallantly of proclaim course. to Lane. It's, I just think it's a little overreaction. He just got uh, no, he's got the N, the NFL he's got the Let's NFL go. running back running down the field music like uh-huh. like yeah. like the video Let's highlights the the, like the, the only decent going. Madden music. I don't, I don't, that, the, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think the preseason carries the same esteem as the regular season. But to say it's like. Uh, not a big deal. I I think is a little yeah. disingenuous. It does depend where your team's I, at. Because I I did watch Justin Fields highlights during preseason last year. I I was interested chance, in checking it's a him out. For you to like see uh, the players to, that aren't going to be playing a lot of minutes in the yeah. regular season. No, we we had a really the, the ultimate thing I feel and, is yeah. that there is a certain lightning in a bottle entertainment that is watching regular. Yeah, season 100%. NFL yeah, and that also, is never going to be there in any preseason that's game true. and that's why I don't get as excited for it as Blair is also 
Blair is in the position of he's been he's been a super fan of a team <laughs> that has been historically mediocre, who has a pile of great like young talent on it now. So I can understand his yeah. perspective. Yeah, and I, I I understand as well because I also have a team that's been historically mediocre with a lot of great. Yeah, young my talent. mine too. And mine my, my my concern is I don't want to see preseason games because that might be when I watch Justin Fields actually get CTE, and I don't want to see that. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, players don't go as hard in the preseason. Maybe no. I'm wrong on that. I yeah, it depends where they're where they're yeah, at in their career. Where, if they're the 53rd guy do. on you the roster, you try to make that roster. Or if you're the seven year vet, and, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, you know, and you gotta. But you know, because of uh, yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll get into Charger stuff uh, next week. But, oh yeah, you're gonna have lots of opinions. <laughs> so we're going into the AFC South this week. Uh, and I'm just going to say it. I think I speak for all of us. This division kind of sucks. Yeah, it's uh, pretty we're bad. We're all... Uh, it's... I mean, I... I, we'll I have a soft spot here. for one of these teams. And I, I think one of... The, I think their, their quarterback who has a really, really bad narrative surrounding him, um, one that I just have to say three numbers, um, and everyone knows who I'm talking about, I think he could two eight and three. By the way, twenty eight and three. <laughs> I think Matt Ryan can do it. I think That's the Colts. I think they're the have been, favorite. I think they have been putting something together this whole time. They're like, okay, we're just we, we are just quarterback away. Get Andrew Luck, and then he's hurt. All right, Philip Rivers. Uh, he was a little old. Carson Wentz was never going to be the answer, but Matt Ryan might be. Might be, be Philip Rivers 2.0. Might be, yeah, he might be just Philip Rivers 2.0, but you he know, doesn't have that many okay. children. All right, so how bad has Atlanta's offensive line really been over the last two years? Because uh, what I've seen from Matt Ryan is like an actual loss of some arm talent over the Definitely, last year or two. And that, is. that is kind of what precludes me from jumping yeah, on. I mean, like, I think he's got, le- he's got less arm talent than Carson Wentz right now. Sorry, he does. Oh. Like, oh, I, I disagree. I mean, yeah, that's probably true, but you know, he's a lot smarter and yeah. right. But he's but but if he's not mobile enough to, then does it matter? Coughs and Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, but is the Colts' offensive line that good? I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's good. better. Than, it's pretty good. It's isn't better it? than Atlanta. Quentin Nelson better than Atlanta. Has been okay. A historic well, offensive line. I'm, I'm rooting for. It. I like years. Matt Ryan. All, all my but, my point is is that that it could go like you're saying that Matt Ryan is real. on the downswing of his career. But if all, they, just, all they needed Carson Wentz to do last season was be a bus driver, and he couldn't could do it. I do think if, Matt Ryan can Matt be a bus Ryan driver. Can come in and be a bus driver. This I do, is an I do think team. you're you're and Jonathan Taylor still. Yeah, yeah. you've got a guy who could potentially be in an MVP conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. you're right. He's the intelligence amazing. factor really the matters. Cult, and kind of and we're missing game. we're missing another acquisition they had because I mean like Big Dick Nick. Because almost what oh, you're saying yeah, it's it, over. Because oh, yeah, can 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 Ryan do the like the the late old Drew Brees thing? Basically, that's what you're asking Nick him Foles to do. Can. Throw it to the slant. Throw it, yeah, and just be accurate. And, li- and if he and, Michael Thomas, and if he and have if, him run the slant. And if he only throws for 202 yards true, every Thomas. game and doesn't turn the ball over, that's okay. That's all you need and him to do. And that's going to win them this division. You think so? Think that's enough to beat the Titans. If I think Henry the Titans, goes down for yeah. more than two weeks, the Titans fall apart. Okay. Yeah. I think the Titans offense, have been on the downswing. Tannehill is another bus driver. That's I was, I was, that was, that was my overrated. next thing out of my mouth. Who's better, Tannehill or Ryan? 
I think they're pretty right. similar. I think they're, they? I think they're one both is a Super Bowl quarterback, the, the... or a super quarterback who's been to the Super Bowl, and the other is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm inclined to say Matt Ryan as well, just because of the IQ gap. But I mean, at the respective ages, if you run back the clock. So make him the same age as Tannehill. Ryan Ryan is better for sure. But. I, I just think that the Titans haven't added they tr- any. Yeah, the, loss of, the loss of Brown is yeah. devastating to this team. Yeah, like, we should pull up the uh, like the. Oh, do you yeah, have that? Yeah, Sweet. That's, okay, that's, cool. that's that's what I. Yeah, that's why I knew. Uh, I, I have not heard much Titans additions. No, they didn't really because add they, they lost very more much. They, they got Robert Woods in a trade for six round pick. Yeah. Which I mean was just the Rams doing right by him and sending him somewhere where he can you they know kept, actually play. They kept Harold right. Landry, the the uh, which was linebacker, good. which yeah, was good. Gave, was him, good gave him the deal. Yeah, they just that's that's it. Wow, <laughs> that's literally the shortest that's, list of any team they, we've they covered. Have re- they have uh-huh. re- there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten editions. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, most and, of them and, are re-signs and extensions. I forgot to mention with the Colts, they added to their already stacked defense. They traded Rock Yassin for Yannick Ngakwe from the Raiders. And oh. they have Stephen Gilmore. Or yeah, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. They added that. So they're, again, oh. more Ooh. onto the bus driver. Okay. It's like we've got the two teams mm. who are kind of favored to win this division are kind of built the same in a play defense or run the ball. <laughs> and as a Ravens fan, I'm here for it. But it seems like right. the Colts have added more. Hmm. Yeah. It, can I talk Jaguars for a second? Please. I, I have some uh, beef with your uh, Trevor Lawrence takes on last episode, and I'm here to fight. Ah, here we go. Uh, Trevor, La- Trevor Lawrence is way better than uh, his stats indicated uh, last year. Um, I think he's actually going to be a good quarterback. Um, he, Like you guys alluded to, Urban Meyer, that whole situation was a joke. We're talking about a guy who wanted to bring in Tim Tebow as a tight end. <laughs> Like this is this, that's who is coaching Trevor Lawrence. Like a guy who had, Jesus a guy, a guy who I was about to make that mean? joke. There were there were countless examples of Trevor Lawrence hitting his receivers in the hands, them dropping it. Like he had nothing to work with in Jacksonville. Also having to remind his so own he got coach dirty and so he's much way so better than his stats. Jacksonville suggest. had to reset the entire receiver market to bring in a, a you know let's be honest here like a middle middle tier receiver they, Christian they? Kirk on that oh, massive contract yeah. that has now set hey Christian. Kirk's better than anything he was working with before. But so. do you think Christian Quirk is worth as much money as no. Keenan Allen? And, Absolutely not. Absolutely you know, Devontae Adams, <laughs> Stephon Diggs. You know, he's making in the same ballpark as those guys. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't know. I just, I just think Trevor Lawrence is way better than we give him credit for, and I think he's going to – and granted, this season will prove that. I mean – I just There's just something about Jacksonville that I feel just poisons <laughs> everyone. It's, it's, it's I just the same thing predispositions. with the I have hope. Is that it doesn't matter what talent you put there, like they're gonna browns it. You know what I mean? Well, no, the Jaguars had a, they've yeah, had a good we, we record. Had in the past. Like, like we had that little spurt in 2017 with Calais Campbell. How 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 deep did they make it? They made it to the championship game where they were okay, absolutely okay. robbed by the referees against the New Okay, England so I'll Patriots. give it to them. They've made they it further than the Browns strip, recently. The Miles Jack was absolutely robbed on a strip on the running back. But it's possible to have a good Jaguars team. All, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, all, sure. all I, I think wanna... it's possible that Trevor Lawrence could be the quarterback of that good Jaguars I just, team. I just yes. think that the yeah. Texans I, I, I might have a little bit more talent. Oh, Allen? Mm. Maybe not. 
The Texans? What, oh, what do we got? Texans. Brandon Cooks and uh, Davis Mills? Well, is that, is that our, uh, no, the, even the Jaguars have more talent than the Texans right now. I just, I just feel Especially like the Texans after losing, well, after, after the whole, he who shall not be named. They're just still so attached to it, to me. Yeah. It's like, even though they settled I, the I don't, I don't know. Do you know what they have going for them though? Davis Mills' career was made by a man who made your quarterback's career. Oh, Tyrod Taylor? That that energy that that man leaves with teams makes him pretty good, I think. I don't know. I just right. feel like we'll find out. Yeah. I just feel like it's it's going to be a race for third as <laughs> as well as a as a race for first. That's what we're really going to be looking at yeah. is is the two teams we the, the Colts and the, the the Titans fighting for first and then Texans and Jags fighting over who's going to be in third i don't know i have a super scorching take i think it'll be jags fighting for second place mm. well yeah if you get if you get an injury to but, tennessee because uh, so because the thing about lawrence that impressed me was i i'm reserving judgment on evaluating his like quarter mostly his quarterbacking skills and yeah. all because it seems like he's got the body the arm whatever but like i can't I can't tell if he's got like the brain for it because I, I think he does. well I think he does but it's like the coaching was so bad that yeah. I can't tell and so and but I'm impressed with his maturity the fact that he was able to like yeah basically kind of like keep calm and move on during all, all that, that and through all that and just give mature responses without throwing anybody in the, under the bus without blaming people without blowing up at anybody without kind of without spilling open He's the cookie poised. jar without venting about how shitty it was like that's what you want you know like i mean now he's just now you gotta i think he's gonna come out this year and even even if he had less talent to work with around him this year i think he's gonna come out and find that oh i can like just focus on football and like find it to way easier to play yeah. in that kind of environment 100%. Like, my my last question then because i don't know if we we talked about it then if we're talking about the jags do any of you think that them moving to london is even a possibility wow uh, I don't know, actually. I, I'm not I a, mean, like, the fan base is there, and like I'm sure the revenue is there. but The I logistics like, aren't. Yeah. That's, the yeah. scheduling that's would be my, sucky. Yeah. And it, it would be hard, too, because it's literally like requiring players then to have dual citizenship practically or like just... No, well, well, there, would be, there would be visas that, that well, I'm sure Actually, you know what? No, it'd be, it'd, be like the, it'd be like the Toronto Raptors yeah, problem where you just that. have players that don't want to go there because who the hell wants to pay like 48% taxes on their income? Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, there's more that goes into uh, uh, mm, contracts would, than like income. Oh, true. They could they could build in offsets or some yeah. way to recompensate for it. But I know for a fact that's one reason but why there, some there free agents some don't go to Toronto. To jump through when you play out of country, and uh, I, I get that. But I don't I don't think I. So we're all in agreement that like there may be the demand, but it's just not logistically yeah, possible. Like, I it's think just the guest game thing. I think that can continue, and I think we can go and. and you know, into multiple countries because there is going to be the game in Germany. So yep, yeah, that's already sold like, out. Yeah, but it's like so, is I mean, it... I think I think that can work, and then I think potentially maybe a European league again, yeah. Euro League Two. I'd rather I just go with that. that I, I'd rather actually work, see like, that than having them try because, like, it's the same reason why you don't have a pro team in like Hawaii. It's just too far yeah. away. I actually see a team in Hawaii or Alaska before London. Well, well that, yeah, that's absolutely. why I thought of it, yeah. because it's like, you know, because you hear, like, case studies from kind of, like, the like University the of Hawaii Avalanche. has a D1 good, decent sports program, but, like, their <laughs> basketball program, like, it's like, it's just so hard to get any good teams to come here, it's hard for us to maintain our bodies and scheduling and everything, and it's right. just, 
London's London's even further. I've flown it. It's like yeah. nine hour flight or it's eight hour flight. It was it was a twelve hour flight last time. Yeah, it depends. I went it down. literally depends which way the wind's blowing. Yep, like that's wild. All right, well that's gonna do it for us today, guys. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this one, and next week we're gonna get into the AFC West a little bit and uh, whatever uh, more uh, news comes up. Family, for us. trust, and respect. Family, <laughs> trust, respect. FTR. FTR. Have a good day. <laughs>